Well, I just passed through Gothic. Nothing was there. And now I'm headed up a... I don't know what this road is. This is barely a road. I don't... He said just look for the weather equipment on the left. I don't see much of anything. I found it. There he is. Oh man, he's waiting for me. Hi, I'm Phoebe. Hi, I'm Billy. Hi, Billy. How are you? Because you can park right over there. This is Billy Barr. I met him at his home near the abandoned mining town of Gothic, Colorado. The trip to get there hadn't been short. A flight from North Carolina to Denver, then a flight from Denver to Gunnison, Colorado, on a tiny plane. A half-hour drive to Crested Butte, Colorado, and then a long drive up a dirt road to meet him. This is all by design. Billy Barr wants to be alone. He's wanted it that way since 1972. Uh, this is where I lived when I first got out here. I had a tent uh, right in here. I would sit out here and, and uh, cook food and read and stuff like that. And then I moved over to... Why did you pick this spot for your tent? It was out of the way. You couldn't see it. You know, it was a nice spot. Then I moved into an old shack, and I'll show you where that was. Did you, when you put your tent up here, think that you would be here 40 years later? No. I just wanted to be here, and so at first, the way to be here was to move into a tent. He's in the middle of the Rocky Mountains. There are streams all over, and thousands and thousands of aspen trees. His land is at an elevation of almost 10,000 feet. I was following behind him and was out of breath. We walked up to a small, uneven ridge. It was muddy and rocky. The ground was wet. Go up in here. Okay. Uh, this is ridiculous. I just figured, okay, I'll show you. No, I'm, ha- I'm happy. I'm glad I wore the right shoes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if it was snowing, you'd... Fall. After his first few months on this land, he liked it enough that he decided to stick around. So he moved into an old mining shack just a few hundred yards away. It's not there anymore. It burned down a few years ago, but he showed me where it used to stand. This, I'm just showing you where the foot... This is where I lived the first eight years. Eight years? Yeah, and it was, well, a little less than eight, but eight. And you can see, here was one corner... Here was the other corner. Here was the other corner. And here was the other corner. Oh, it's so little. Oh, it was tiny. It was eight by ten feet. And I lived in it for eight years year-round. At the time, it was wonderful. At the time, it was... Uh, uh, I was just glad to be here. No electricity. No phone. He drank water from the stream. The scenery surrounding Billy Barr's shack is so pretty, you almost can't believe that it's real. So when I got out here, it was obvious right away. I mean, I I didn't go back to school. I stayed here, and I lived in a tent uh, because that's how I, what I needed to do to stay out here. And then after, that was pretty much it. In the early 80s, he built himself an actual house. It has a tin roof 
and is set back from the road, down a path past this huge collection of hanging bird feeders. You can't see the front of the house. It's hidden behind a wall of stacked firewood, more than six feet high. What what's the, what is this? This is a lot of wood. Yeah, this is two winters worth. I, I get it, I get the wood and let it dry out for a year, so then it's dry. Oh, this is the entrance to the house. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, I wasn't like some psycho who was meeting you down the park. <laughs> oh no, it's just. Heard from again. But this is smart because you you don't have to go far to get your wood. Well, no, not only that, but this is a really good barrier from the snow in the winter, and then the, as I use it in the winter and the summer, then it becomes an open area. So it makes wood. a wall that I can... Uh, I play a game sometimes with friends. I ask them what they would do if they could go anywhere and do anything. You don't have to go to work, and money is no object. You can return to your normal life after you're done. I would do this. In the middle of the night sometimes, I think about being dropped off in a wilderness that looks exactly like this place, with a big pile of wood that needs to be split. These are all your skis? Well, these are all my skis that don't don't work. They're all busted. But in the winter, this is the way you get around. Yeah, yeah, those are the skis I use at work. And one pair here is pretty much falling apart. I, I go through skis because I use them every day. They just wear out. Where Billy lives, skis are a lifeline. It's a non-motorized valley, which means that in the winter, the only way you can get in or out is by skis or snowshoes. I was there in October, and it hadn't snowed yet. But when the snow comes, usually in late November, the roads close and stay closed until May. And then Billy is really up here all alone. You can't even drive a snowmobile. If Billy needs to get to town, he has to ski six miles, and then he can get on a bus to Gunnison, get to a grocery store. It takes all day. Do you ever get lonely? I mean, one thing I always found about being out here when I first got out here, and even now, is yes, I do get lonely, but it was a lot worse in the city because everything I wanted was right there and I couldn't have it, meaning relationships or anything else. Whereas here, I can relate very strongly to my environment and it's here and it's what I like. Uh, But yeah, uh, if I get sick, absolutely. But, you know, there's times I have a bad day or there's anything that can trigger it off. But it's not what you would think. It's I'm alone all the time, but I'm really not lonely that much. Um, uh, more when I'm around others, because even at my age, I'll, you know, wish I could be in a better social situation. Billy Barr decided when he was 21 that he would leave the world where he'd grown up to find a place where he didn't feel like he had to try to fit in. And he found this land where everything feels right. He's fallen in love with the quiet, his routine, the weather. And in his own way, he's fallen back in love with the world he left behind. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love. He grew up in Trenton, New Jersey, loving the Yankees and the Phillies. And Billy did well in school, but he never really felt comfortable socially. 
When he went to Rutgers, it became more and more clear to him that he just wasn't good at fitting in. So in 1972, he left. There's a lot of things I just didn't do well, especially socializing, because that's the one thing I really wanted to do, and I was terrible at it. What do you mean you had a hard time socializing? What? I wasn't good at it. I was. I was. Uh, I had no confidence. I. I. Uh, I didn't want to offend anyone, so I didn't. I couldn't approach women very well. I was just, you know, I was just uh, scared, nervous, and uh, so. Um, I was just bad at it. It just got worse and worse. So you decided you'd just kind of take yourself out of the game? Well, I needed a break from it. I I always have related very strongly to whatever environment I was in. And, you know, it was the Philadelphia, New York quarter. It's a very in-your-face environment. There's a lot of people that drive fast. This is, you know, it's like New York City. I mean, this is where people go to be... I don't know, famous or whatever, the theater and, you know. Um, it was just too much. And so you come out here, and if you relate to your environment, look at it. I mean, it's calm, it's pretty, it's, you know. I mean, there'll be days in the winter where it's so quiet that the noisiest thing is the snow hitting your jacket. Here it's a natural system. It works in a certain way. You can control everything. Well, I can't control it, but I can be smart about it. I don't control. I mean, the weather controls everything out here. Controls what I do. Can I, if I can ski, if I, you know, everything. He gave me a tour of the house, an old post and beam style. This was the way they used to build houses before they had nails and nail guns. But the rest of it, anywhere where there's siding like that, that's all standard frame, wood frame. He has some electricity from a generator and heat from a wood stove in the center of the main room. Upstairs is his bedroom, and off of it, you enter through a glass door onto a small perch, which overlooks Billy's greenhouse. Well, look at this greenhouse. I just started to plant for the winter. The stuff that's up here now is from last winter that's, that kept growing. Uh, but I just started planting in the last week. Uh, so, you know, night after dinner, I come in here, I knit mittens because I go through them so much. Do you, you knit your own mittens? Yeah, you can see I got a pile of them. Yeah. You know what? Well, I go through them because I wear them all the time. And they're expensive, but not if you knit them. And if you knit them, you're paying $5, not even that. So after dinner, you come up here, you knit your mittens. I, knit, I read, and if, and if it's light, which it isn't in winter... Uh, that late, I'll sit here and I have a spotting scope. I can look at the birds, although in the in the winter, by dinner time, it's been dark for a while. Early on, Billy realized that if he wanted to survive at this level of isolation, he needed to have a routine. And so one day, he started to document the weather. The thing that was so central to his existence in this isolated place the thing that could completely cut him off from the outside world, the snow. So I started writing it down because it was interesting. And also I had a lot of free time. And after the first couple of years of doing it, I had, I had them in my record books. He would record his data meticulously, marking the exact snowfall, temperature, wind direction, thousands and thousands of lines of data, handwritten. And I'd say, okay, it's Saturday night. It's February 12th. 
Let me look at every February 12th for the last five years, see how much snow we had, how much water was in it, how much snow was on the ground, and I'll compare this winter to those. But in the beginning, it was really a way for you to monitor your environment. Well, there's something else to do. I mean, you know, all I normally did was read, and it's hard to read by kerosene lamp. I mean, it, it's hard to stay awake, and it's not, you know. Uh, and I would listen to the radio. And in the daytime, I mean, chores take a lot of time because I'd go out and get my own wood, drag it home, cut it up, and split it. Uh, but the weather records, the longer I did them, the more entertaining they became, more interesting. He goes out at 5 a.m. every morning to take an initial reading. He does it all the old-fashioned way, with buckets and rulers. He says the automatic readers just don't work as well. And then he makes his official entry at 7 a.m. So if it's a storm, I'll go out and do a preliminary one at 5. And if it's windy and nasty, I hate it. I mean, I will literally be out there yelling at the wind because it's so irritating. I mean, it hurts. It's, you can't see anything. It blows in your tracks. But I have this real goal of keeping this going. And I feel like I'm finally doing something that people can get some benefit from. A few years ago, one of the scientists at the Rocky Mountain Biological Laboratory heard that Billy was collecting this weather data, that he'd been doing it quietly for himself for 44 years. They asked him to share it, both his archive and what he collected each day. Do you ever think about what would happen if you missed a day? Oh, I think uh, the Earth would fall into the sun. The sun would collapse into the universe, and the whole universe would just the big bang over again. I mean, you know, I'm holding the whole universe right there. <laughs> In 2017, a Denver TV news station did a story on him, and they called him a hermit and local legend. What did you think? What do you think about that? I mean, I know who I am. It's not who I am, not by usually people's definition of this, you know, somebody who lives there and I wear animal skins and I have breakfast still in my beard. Uh, I usually clean it out by lunch, so no problem there. <laughs> I, for the most part, am on my own, and therefore there's a certain uh, serenity and security in having that fixed routine. I think as people get older, they find that wherever they live. Uh, and I think a lot. Uh, it's even more enhanced by the fact that that's all I have. I don't have outside uh, stimulation at night. There's no interaction, you know, and I don't talk on the phone and, and there's only so many emails I write and emails are pretty... Blech. There's not much behind him. I mean, I do it all the time, but, you know, it's not interacting. Well, this is, you have a while you were sleeping Sandra Bullock poster on the door. Well, yeah, I love movies, and so... Do you I, like that movie? Oh, yeah, I do. I like that movie a lot. That's, uh, I never expected to see it. Oh, it's not, it's, it's one of my, I would say one of my top 50 but not like one of my top 20. He's only got two pictures up on his walls. One is Bill Pullman holding Sandra Bullock in the poster for the 1995 romantic comedy While You Were Sleeping. The other is a poster of Gwyneth Paltrow in Emma, 
1996 adaptation of the Jane Austen novel. Oh, Emma, I like Emma, too. The Gwyneth Paltrow movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's one thing that Billy does every day that he looks forward to more than anything else, his nightly romantic comedy. Support for This Is Love comes from Shopify. If you've ever had a dream of starting your own business, Shopify can be a great place to start. Shopify is an online platform that lets you sell things online and in person and makes it incredibly easy to accept all kinds of different payment methods, figure out how to charge taxes, how to charge shipping, and get detailed, top-down views on how your sales are going. Some of your favorite brands already rely on Shopify to power their online shops, like Rothy's, Brooklyn, and Allbirds. But you don't need to be well-established to use Shopify. They'll help you at every stage of your business and have tools to help people who are just starting out, like their AI-powered tool, Shopify Magic, or their built-in marketing tools that can help you create and analyze campaigns. Shopify grows with your business, no matter how far or big you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash thisislove, all lowercase, Go to shopify.com slash thisislove now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash thisislove. Billy Barr started watching movies in the late 80s. He hadn't watched anything for almost two decades. He got an old VCR and quickly realized this would be important. Movies could be a way to stay connected to the rest of the world without having to be in it. And you said you built a movie room. Yeah, that's back in here. Uh, I don't think... Do you want me to take my shoes off? Uh, If you want to come in, yeah. If you don't, you can look from here. And... uh, I won't... uh, It's just because it's one of the only rooms, it's the only place in the house that's actually nice. Oh, look at how big that screen is. Yeah, I mean, I do like... I mean, I really like watching movies. And these are all your DVDs? Yeah, these are most of my DVDs. How many do you have? About 2,000. He watches one movie a night, never two, never during the day. If a DVD has special features, like behind the scenes with the director or the lead actress breaking down how she prepared for the role, he watches, even if he's seen it before. You get completely involved with it in this kind of environment, and it's helpful for me because... If I have a bad day or something like that, there's no outlet around here in winter. I mean, there's no one around, and I have to deal with it on my own. So I can pick a movie that if... uh, And that's why I have so many, you know, fluff, feel-good romantic comedy movies, because usually they make me feel better. But but I I can adjust my moods by watching, usually by watching a movie that either fits in with my mood or contradicts it. Uh, I can, I can, if I have a bad day, I can get out of it because it's so encompassing out here and there's no outside anything. No phone, no traffic, no, no one's going to knock on my door. And if they are, then there's a real problem because, so it's, um, the movies are, are, are really, in, uh, important. You know, when John Candy died, I cried. I mean, this is somebody who I absolutely adored. 
if the worst day, the worst windy, horrible winter day, what's the movie that you put on? That night? Yeah. Um, yeah, because I wouldn't watch him in the daytime. No, that night, yeah. it's the worst day. Oh, that'll be a real feel-good movie. Not not one of my top town trip movies, because those are special. But uh, I have a lot of movies I really like. Billy keeps what he calls town trip movies in their own pile. The town trip movies are still wrapped in plastic, movies he's never seen before. He only lets himself watch them after he skied the 12 miles to town and back. The Princess Bride's my favorite movie. Of all time. Yeah. And there's also, like, of my of my 15 movies I put aside for town trip movies, in case I go in that much, at least half of them are from India. Um, Is there something about the, in, the Bollywood movies that are showing this kind of tropical Indian landscape that's so different from, from here? Do you think that that's... I just like the, the, the feel-goodness of it. And I like musicals. And, um, you know, I just, I just enjoy them. Do you wish you had done it differently? Do you wish you had, had not gone away but stayed and found the girl and the family? I, well, I, I was in, too inept to do that. Uh, but I wish I hadn't settled into this place so quickly because I got out here. I did travel a lot when I was younger. I got here at 21, and I found the place I wanted to be, and I've never done anything else. So, yeah, that's that's one thing that's kind of too bad about finding and living this way is that I didn't get exposed to anything to much else. And that's that's kind of a shame. What does solitude mean to you? Well, it's interesting. When I was in college, we had a class where uh, we one of the projects was to go out and get assigned neighborhoods and knock on people's doors and ask them that question. And since I was from an inner city, I would go do that there. Um, and I would, you know, people would say things like, "Well, what's that 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 lot down the street?" You know, or because it was open space, you know. Uh, solitude is, I guess, just being, for me, it's just being alone a lot. Um, and you're out here, and I used to just love that. And now I still like it, but I'm a little bit, a little bit more cautious or suspect about it because, you know, I'm old. Der, then death, <laughs> um, and uh, it's harder to get around. I mean, I I had ski trips to town when I was younger. It took six hours, and now I just won't go unless the conditions are good. Why? So yeah. So if if you if, for me, then if you were to say what solitude is for me, it's being out here in winter when um, uh, access is impossible. How do you think being alone so much has shaped you? It is the ability to live my own life, to 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 live. I used to say I like living out here because everybody out here was honest and peaceful and, and gentle, which I kind of am, although I guess you could say I'm a weenie. <laughs> Depends how you look at it. What do you hope for the future? 
your future. Oh, boy. I don't got a lot of it left. Um, I'd like to stay out here longer. I'd like to stay out as long as I can. Um, I don't have a lot of facades or barriers or buffers. I, I just don't see the reason for it. I know who I am. That's who I am. We talked a while longer, and then Billy got tired. He'd been up at two that morning, unable to sleep, and then was out at five, getting the first weather reading of the day. It was getting dark inside the house. I was having a hard time reading my notes. So we agreed that we'd end the day here. He walked me out. The sun hadn't gone all the way down yet, and it was incredibly beautiful. As I was walking down the path to the car, Billy called after me. He pointed up at a far mountain peak in the distance. See that, he said? Snow's coming. This is Love is created by Lauren Spohr and me. Nadia Wilson is our senior producer. Audio mix by Michael Raphael and Rob Byers. Julian Alexander makes original illustrations for each episode of This is Love. You can see them at thisislovepodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening to these stories. We really love making them. If you like what we're doing and want us to make more, please let us know leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And you can find us and say hi on Facebook and Twitter at This Is Love Show. This Is Love is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC. We're a proud member of Radiotopia from PRX, a collection of the best podcasts around. I'm Phoebe Judge, and this is Love. Radio Tokyo. From P.